Hey everyone, welcome back to the SaaS Revolution Show brought to you by SaaS Talk, the conference that helps SaaS companies get traction, growth and scale. I'm your host Alex Thuma and I'll be looking at what it really takes to build and grow a SaaS company today and how founders and entrepreneurs stay healthy on the journey. Now on with the show. Welcome to the SaaS Revolution Show, Mikael uh, Tunaberry, uh, CEO and founder of Supermetrics. Welcome, Mikael. Thank you. Great to be here. Great to have you on the podcast. Obviously, as we, we were just discussing interesting and crazy times that we're living in right now, obviously, with the uh, coronavirus. Um, you're in Finland, uh, as I believe. What is the, uh, the, the situation in, in Finland? Well, we just closed our office, so everyone is remote uh, now. Uh, I think the epidemic is escalating here. I, th- I don't think it's out of hand yet, but it, it will soon be probably. Obviously, you mentioned you, you've got an office. So Supermetrics have an office. Do you often work from home? Is this, is this the first time that the company has, has worked from home uh, fully? Fully, yes. It's the first time. We try to get everyone to be in the office as much as possible. I think it's just very good for communication to have everyone on location. But of course, we also are pretty flexible with our work from home policies. So uh, occasionally people can take uh, days from home as well. I was asked this morning, I was speaking to somebody about, obviously this is the first day that uh, SASDOC is fully working uh, remotely because we, uh, certain members of the team work remotely every now and then, including myself. Uh, and the question that was asked was, you know, what did we put into place? And uh, were there any like special tools that we, uh, that we put into place regarding, you know, going fully remote? And, and I actually scratched my head and, then, uh, and thought, well, do you know what? We haven't really done anything new, whether that was kind of right or wrong. And we've already been using lots of tools that enable us to work remotely or work better in the office, you know, things like Zoom and Slack. So there was kind of nothing new apart from the fact that everybody is not physically in the office. How about yourself? Like, how did you guys sort of go about it? Is there anything kind of new or is it just almost like business as usual? It's pretty much business as usual. We had to buy some new go-to-meeting licenses, some new VPN licenses to keep those running. Um, and I think we organized a, actually, actually a lunch uh, through Google Hangouts. So you could have a lunch and, and chat with your colleagues as well. Though I couldn't join that because I had some, some meetings at that time. But cool. um, it's, it's, it's a good idea that I might borrow, uh, actually, because I know a lot of the younger colleagues, uh, I think, will miss each other and miss that office uh, sort of environment. Um, uh, whereas I think the, old, the older colleagues are probably quite happy to self-isolate uh, and, and, and get, uh, get work done and, and, and you know, don't necessarily care for the uh, distractions. But uh, uh, I, I like that idea. And uh, obviously, um, uh, as we mentioned, you're the CEO founder of, of Supermetrics. I think bumped into each other at, uh, at Slush very briefly last year. And recently, you guys announced something pretty impressive in that uh, you doubled your ARR from 10 million euros to 20 million euros in, in 12 months. So for the crux of the, uh, the conversation and the, and the podcast, we want to, um, you, you know, go deeper into like how you managed to do that because that, that's pretty phenomenal uh, uh, growth. Um, I guess before we do, tell us a little bit about who you are why you founded Supermetrics, uh, what Supermetrics does, and maybe some background kind of data. We've obviously just shared what your ARR uh, was sort of recently, um, but, you know, size of the company, funding, et cetera, so, some information just so our listeners can get a better picture of you and the company and the problem you're solving. Yeah, sure. 
so 10 years ago I was working as an analyst at a gaming company in, in Finland called Sulake. And my job there was to do analysis for various parts of the organization. And for to be able to do that analysis, I had to gather a lot of data. And unfortunately, there were no very good automated means of getting most of that data together. So I was doing a lot of copy-pasting and other manual processes of, of gathering the data. Um, so a lot of my time was spent actually on, on that data collection instead of the main thing I was supposed to be doing, so analyzing the data. And one of the most problematic uh, data sources for me was Google. And I was copy-pasting a lot of the data from Google Analytics every week into, into Excel to, get, uh, to create reports. So when the Google Analytics API came out in 2009, I, I decided that uh, I want to automate the process with that API. I went looking for a solution online to automate that process. I didn't find a ready-made solution, but I found a blog post by a, or a, a, like a forum post by a Googler saying that the first person to connect the new Google Analytics API with Excel will get a free Google T-shirt. And that's when I decided that I want to try to attempt to uh, uh, do this myself. Uh, so create a script to get the data into Excel from the GA API. Uh, so that's a perfect opportunity for me because I, I get to solve my own problem. That was, uh, you know, slowing me down. And I also get a free Google T-shirt as a reward for that. And I went to work and I managed to, to solve the issue with a simple Excel script, a VBA script to get the data together. That helped me automate the process at, at my job there. Uh, but more importantly than... Google got interested. They not only sent me the T-shirt, but they also blocked about the solution in the Google Analytics blog that is uh, very widely, you know, read in the digital marketing and web analytics uh, communities. So through that exposure, then a lot of people started contacting me, and eventually in 2010 I decided to leave the job and, and establish my own business to to develop tools for for marketers to get gather this marketing data together. And the first five years from 2010 to 2015, it was uh, slow growth. So I was doing it alone, uh, bringing this data into Excel from first Google Analytics, but then from other, other marketing sources as well that I added later on. Then 2015 was a turning point because then at the, during that time, I released a Google Seeds add-on when the Google Seeds add-on gallery was launched by, by Google. That really then uh, kind of... Um, changed the trajectory of the business completely. So it started growing really, really fast by revenue then, and I immediately started hiring people. And since 2015, it's been very rapid growth for us. Right now, we are around uh, 90 people in three locations. So the headquarters in Helsinki. Then last year, we opened a development office in Vilnius, Lithuania, and a sales office in Atlanta in the US. Very uh, cool. Yeah, and, and the basic business idea remains the same. So... Uh, connecting all the different marketing platforms there are more and more of those all the time in total many many thousands so all the advertising platforms the crms the web analytics tools uh, databases what have you and then connecting those to the tools that companies want to use for reporting and analyzing data such as google sheets or excel or google data studio tableau and uh, are you bootstrapped Almost. We've always been profitable, so there was never a financial need to raise money. We could have bootstrapped forever. But I decided to take an uh, investment in 2017 from Open Ocean Capital, a Finnish uh, VC, just to get some uh, more experienced backers for the company to help us grow. And, and, and uh, you're, as I introduce you as CEO and founder. Do you have co-founders uh, or, or are you a solo founder? 
Uh, trust me. Yeah. Just you. Uh, have you ever contemplated or did the investors say that you need a co-founder? Uh, well, the investors joined seven years after I founded the company. Yeah. So it's a bit for, for yeah. Them. Okay, cool. Well, appreciate the, the the background there, and obviously, great growth in the uh, the, the last five years. Um, that's what we well we want to uncover uh, the the last twelve months of uh, you know jumping from ten million to twenty million in uh, ARR, which uh, as I said was pretty phenomenal. So we know that uh, your you, your company, and I, th- I think Edward uh, you know wrote this great blog post about this, which we'll we'll link to. Um, uh, but let, let's go through some of these uh, uh, these kind of key. Uh, I guess, kind of levers uh, that that you've, uh, I guess, put into place uh, that enabled uh, and facilitated this jump. So the the first one um, uh, we're talking about, don't skip strategy. Um, So so tell us a little bit about this uh, and what this means in in your instance. Yes, so we have been very carefully thinking about where to position ourselves in the market. Obviously, like the marketing reporting market, it, it's very crowded. There are like hundreds of companies that do essentially solve some the same or a similar problem that, than we are solving. So we need to carefully think what is the the position we can we can take there uh, in a profitable way. And how we've done that is from the get go, we be uh, in the middle. So. Uh, we connect the data sources with the destinations, getting the data from uh, all these marketing platforms into the reporting reporting platforms. And, and that means that we don't have our own reporting layer. Like most of these other companies, they, they do their own reporting layer. They have, uh, you know, a dashboarding tool or, or uh, maybe they're even on, on spreadsheet application or something like that for reporting the data. We don't have that. Instead, uh, we work together with, with companies like Google and Microsoft uh, that uh, create these reporting uh, layers. And then we make it easy for our clients to get the data into these, these existing platforms so they don't need to uh, learn a new tool in, in the organization, but they can keep using what they have. They not just now have an easy access to the data. And that has been a really good positioning, positioning for us because then we don't need to compete head-on with uh, companies like Google I think it's even better because because these uh, big companies uh, have decided to, to heavily subsidize the, the reporting layer. So Google gives away Google Data Studio and Google Sheets uh, for free. Um, Microsoft uh, charges something for Power BI, but it's it, it's very little, and so on. So most of the actual value is is then in the middle middle uh, transferring the data where we are positioned, uh, and that's been a really good choice for us. It sounds it sounds like it like it has and and good, you know great positioning as you say like within a a, a very kind of crowded market space uh, um, and, and the, the second one we, we're talking about here is uh, setting ambitious goals and aligning the entire company behind them. I'm very keen to kind of learn more about this is uh, you know sometimes uh, you, you know uh, there, there can be a danger of the goals being too ambitious. But let, let's talk about what were the goals that you set like why they were ambitious and how you got the company behind them? Well, we've always had, had the goal to double the revenue every year. And we've always managed to do that and, and actually more than double every year. Um, of course, that goal becomes more and more ambitious the bigger, bigger we are because it's always harder and harder to grow from a uh, bigger base. But we are still keeping to that goal. Um, we managed to, managed to uh, fulfill the goal la- last year as well. Um, and from that goal, then we derive all the actions we need to do on various parts of the company to 
be able to achieve that uh, 100% growth uh, at, at minimum. Um, and I, I think that goal we communicate very clearly to everyone. We track that very, very visibly. So every morning we actually get a Slack update about our sales. Um, all our, our finances are completely open for, for the whole company. So everyone can see how we are doing against the goals. And, and in each uh, company info session, we then, we then go through these uh, goals and how we are measuring up against those. Are you using uh, the OKR sort of framework? So you're setting your, your 12-month goal uh, and then working that back into the quarters, the, the months, the weeks, the days, etc.? Yes, we are. Yes, that's the basic model. Okay, uh, uh, understood. And, and like in terms of uh, OKRs, um, is that something that you, you've always used or have you brought in you know a few years ago was you know how, how have you seen the the correlation between using that you know when you're setting your goals and um uh, and, and achieving those we haven't always been using using those so we actually started using them in 2017 when they when the investors um joined so open ocean joined mm-hmm. before then we didn't have pretty much any structure in the company at all. So we didn't have goals or, or anything anything in place. And then the investors started suggesting that maybe we want to put in place some of these things that other companies usually have in place that have been proven to be um, useful. And that's when we started um, doing the goals. And we kept pretty much the same model since 2017 with, with some changes, but but not, not too much. Okay, so uh, a kind of case in point there of how uh, investors uh, you know can provide value uh, beyond the money or even just uh, again if you're a solo founder having um, you know uh, advisors or mentors or coaches you know from the outside that can uh, advise in how to uh, you know build and, and, and scale companies um, uh, talking of building uh, and obviously scaling here. The third point, we're talking about building a world-class sales team. Um, so when did you introduce uh, a sales team and, and how did you go about ensuring that it, it, it was a world-class sales team? Yeah, so for the, almost the entirety of the lifetime of the company, it's been fully self-converting. So people take the trial version. Uh, if they like it, then they buy it to, with, with a credit card uh, and there's no human interaction usually at all. Mm-hmm. But we saw that with this model, we could only get the ACV so high. So we got to around 1,000 uh, euros annually, so, so quite low. And then contrasting that ACV to the kind of companies that we had as clients, like there were huge companies there, um, like you know, Warner Bros. And, and Google and companies like that, that were, were paying us very, very little. And, and obviously getting a huge amount of value from the product and then looking at, at that kind of data, then we decided that it, there's got to be an opportunity to, to do something more actively to drive uh, higher deal sizes for these uh, big companies that were, were using us. So we hired the head of sales, Martin Ilman, in uh, 2018 to start building the sales team, Supermetrics. And first year he was uh, building the sales team in 2018. We, we got 4% of our sales from, uh, from the sales team. Then last year that increased to 14. Uh, and now this year we are projecting that to be 25%. So an increasing share of all uh, revenues are, are coming through the sales team. And there's a lot of things we've had to, be, ha- had to do to actually 
be able to successfully hire into the sales organization. So with the low price point we were operating on, it was it didn't really support having a sales team at all. So mm-hmm. we've been doing various actions on, on driving the ACV up and we have been quite successful there. Uh, during 19, we actually raised the ACV across the whole client base uh, by 40%. So from uh, 1,000 to 1,400. And since then, uh, it's, it's been increasing even more. There are various things there. So we've been um, changing the pricing structure uh, to some extent. Um, so trying to make the product cost more for the, the people who are getting most value out of mm-hmm. it. But of course, still trying to be careful not to make it too expensive for the uh, the, you know, the small guys who, who are, are the majority of our, our user base, but trying to get more from the, the bigger companies and then also expanding the product portfolio. So last year, we entered the enterprise, data, uh, enterprise marketing data warehousing market uh, with the with, uh, product that, that get more, makes it easy to get, get your marketing data into Google BigQuery, so Google's uh, data warehousing tool. And really filled a gap in our offering because we had the spreadsheet add-ons uh, and then the, you know, the visualization tools, but we didn't really have an enterprise-grade offering. So when companies said that, okay, spreadsheets are no longer enough for us, we need something more robust, then we didn't really have anything to offer to them. But now we do have a solution for, for that need as well. And the good side with, with that offering is that the ACV there is, is much higher and it much better supports um, having a... Uh, like our sales team to, to drive that. What, what was the, uh, the impact? So you mentioned about launching one new product. And I, I think, in fact, uh, did you launch more than one new product? Uh, did you launch multiple products last year? Or was it just the one? Yes, we also launched a new Excel product. We have had great success with the Google Sheets add-on, obviously. Yeah. driving the growth for, for um, many years. And we figured that, you know, Excel is used even more widely than so we make the same product into Excel as well. So now we have a similar product in Excel. What was the impact in, in terms of launching the new products? Um, you know, from that uh, that you know, hundred percent growth. Uh, you know, from ten to twenty million ARR. How much did the new products contribute to that? I don't know whether you share you, you know a figure, a percentage, or uh, or so on, just to kind of get a picture. They do contribute, obviously. They because they are new products. They take some time to really make a sizable contribution to to the whole company revenues compared to the other products that we have had in the market for for some time. But I think we have seen really good success with the with the enterprise offering we have and and there's a continued good growth there and we are putting a lot of or we are expecting that that side of the business to deliver a lot of revenue this year and, and next year. So it's very important for us uh, going into the future. The next point, um, you, you know, as one of the kind of key levers that, that helped you with your growth was around getting marketing to double down on what works. So what, what was working? Um, and, uh, and then like, tell us a little bit of sort of insights in, into how they went about sort of doubling down on that. We have always been very strong is, is content. The Supermetrics blog is, is very widely read in the digital marketing and analytics uh, communities. So we, ha- we get a lot of traffic uh, to the blog. Uh, that's been for, for several years already since we hired the first marketing people into the company starting in 2016. We just doubled down on that. So we, we hired uh, a few new people last year to, to really drive that even further. And been doing great articles that uh, got a lot of uh, traffic, but then 
maybe to over, also like have an overall content strategy on what kind of content we should be creating and then executing on on that strategy. So I think content is, is really important. Also, like affiliate marketing, we have had affiliate marketing for um, a few years already, but last year we we expanded that team from one person uh, to to four, and and that has been also contributing more and more of our, our revenues um, since then. And then maybe the the third one I could mention is the partnerships with with various. Uh, other companies that link to our business mm-hmm. so we've been a close partner with google for for many many years and and in especially in the early years they were super uh, uh important for us in, in in marketing the company and uh driving leads and we continue to have a very close tech partnership with them uh, still today but la- last year then we, we started expanding that more to other companies as well and, and we have very good relations with companies such as HubSpot and, and Quora and, and others. Do you have like a, a business development sort of person that's owning those partnerships and those relationships and building new partnerships? Or is it you that's driving that? Um, who, how does that work? We have an dedicated person for that. So you mentioned sort of the affiliates, uh, the partnerships going big on some of the big names there, Google and HubSpot and Quora. Channel sales as well is something that you use uh, additionally. Um, can you uh, elaborate more around what you do there? That's a new area for us. So we hired uh, the leader for, for that area last year. So Jukka Puputti has been leading that the business since, since last June. I can't say that that area contributed much to our growth last year yet, but mm-hmm. yeah, I think there's a great opportunity for us to start building that side now, now this year and next year. Jukka has been been uh, in talks with various different kind of partners that that can can be helping us, us sell the product. So you know, GCP, Google Cloud Platform consultants, um, agencies, Tableau consultants, all kinds of uh, companies that have some uh, linkage to our business and can sell the sell the product. And, and last but certainly by no means least, we talk about here hiring awesome people and building a super culture. Obviously, you mentioned you've got 90 people uh, in the organization. Tell me a little bit more, tell the audience a little bit more about what is your hiring process? How do you ensure, uh, you know, you hire awesome people? Um, I guess kind of like how much time are you personally like spending on hiring and building and sustaining you know a, a great culture um, this is the this you know people and culture is is very key right so let's um let, let's learn a little bit more about what you guys do here yeah i think for a long time we actually had a quite a, a lot of difficulty in, in hiring there's a lot of uh, demand for talent here in the in the helsinki area there are a lot, there's a very active startup comp, com, community and a lot of a lot of competition for talent so we, we were having a hard time filling many many roles because we were not that well known mm-hmm. uh, I think that that changed quite a lot last year uh, one crucial factor there was we opened our, our new office in the center of Helsinki and I, I claim that to be one of the one of the best in the, in the country and we actually got a lot of uh, good visibility in the media from opening that office and then that uh, well, increased the number of inbound applicants and the quality quite a lot so it, it's made our hiring quite a quite a bit easier so i have to say we didn't open the office to to attract new people it was not meant for that 
we wanted to do it because you know we spend a lot of our our lives in work and it's just nice to have a, a good office where it's uh, where people are happy to come every morning into mm -hmm. a, in the financial position to to really make it really really nice so that's why we did it but it also brought the benefit of actually helping our recruitment uh, quite a bit as for the hiring process I, I'm not sure if we still are, are perfect in that. I think we are still tuning it to some extent. I, I'm trying to still be involved in, in, in all the hires. I, but I have to admit, I haven't had time to I meet mean, all the people that are joining the company uh, in all cases mm -hmm. anymore. Okay. And, and, and in, ter in terms of the, the culture, um, you know, how, uh, like, I guess, what, what is the culture at Supermetrics and how have you... Uh, you, you know, kind of shaped that uh, uh, again, like, like beyond, let's say, having uh, a great office and having great people, you know, um, t tell us a little bit more about the culture. A combination of having uh, really smart and, and driven, ambitious people, but also ensuring that we are not only, only working like all the time, but we also have, have a lot of fun together. So we have always had really great party. Maybe I think also something that is very interesting in us compared to maybe some other companies in Finland is that we are a very international company. So less than 40% of our employees in the Helsinki office are actually Finns. So there's a lot of different nationalities. And I think that's been really important part of our culture. So you can actually chat with people from various parts of the world. And that's been really nice. Culture is, is like something that has been coming quite automatically from like our personalities. We, the first, me and, and the first employees who, who have been in the company. I don't think we have done consciously so much so, uh, to build a culture. Like to me, that sounds a bit artificial even. Um, but it's been just uh, building on it, it, its own. Like bringing it back, so so we've covered, um, I guess, kind of like almost like ten, uh, like you, you know, levers there that you you guys have uh, focused on to 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 get that hundred percent, uh, you know, growth and maintain that hundred percent year in year growth. But uh, bringing it back to you, um, you know, as you're building uh, this, you know, scale up uh, in Helsinki, which is now, uh, you know, in, international with international offices and managing 90 people. And I, I'm sure that's perhaps going to, you know, double, uh, over the next kind of year or so. Uh, what do you do to kind of look after yourself? You know, how do you stay, you know, fit and healthy and, and sane as you, uh, uh manage, uh, uh, this scaling business? Yes. At times it's, it's been tough. And all those holes have, or many of those have been then filled by me. So, for instance, we didn't have a, any financial person in the organization until, uh, you know, two weeks ago when we hired our, or the, the CFO we hired started. Mm -hmm. So I have been doing all, all of that together with our external accountant. And that started to be quite a lot of work, uh, especially with the, with the daughter companies in, in Lithuania and, mm -hmm. and the U.S. Um, we also didn't have any product managers, so I was there kind of the loan product manager in, in charge of all the products. And that was also getting uh, way too much for me to handle recently. So we have started now building that organization up. And I think now the situation starts looking much better for me. So we have, we have a new CFO to take that part. We have three product managers to manage, the, manage their own product areas. 
I think right now I, I, I don't, I'm not feeling too bad. Good to hear. Going to wrap it up there with your, uh, the, the goals, as you say, like uh, for five consecutive years, it's been 100% year-on-year growth. Uh, if, if and when, or should I say when, you get to 40 million uh, ARR at the, uh, the end of 2020, can we have you back on the show to see if you, uh, you, you did anything uh, else to, to help uh, get there? Yeah, sure. I, I hope that we earned earn that uh, place. By, by getting there. Excellent. Uh, and, and also, obviously, just to mention that um, uh, you'll uh, be joining us, I believe, at, uh, at SASDOC 20 in Dublin uh, and uh, joining us, I think, for the first time to, to, to speak on stage uh, again uh, a little bit about your, uh, your journey in scaling the company. Yes, I, I hope to be joining. With the uh, current situation, I'm, I'm sure yeah, we'll be much better by then, uh, but uh, we'll obviously sort of be, be mindful of that, but I, I'm, I'm bullish it will be. Um, but look, Mikhail, um, really appreciate you uh, taking the time out uh, again with uh, um, not only the time in running the company, but uh, with, with the current sort of climate, really appreciate you making the time to share uh, your insights into uh, building Supermetrics in, into a 20 million ARR business, uh, you know, over the last uh, sort of few years. Um, so thank you very much uh, for, for being on the show. Thanks for having me. Thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the SaaS Revolution Show. I hope you enjoyed it. And if you learned something from it, check out sasdoc.com forward slash events to find all the upcoming SaaS Doc conferences around the world.